This is a Q Media production. Why are you doing this? Who's your audience? Where are you going to get to? What is your goal? That's, that's what you have to answer straight up. And if you can't answer that, then you shouldn't do a podcast. Obviously working with one of the most famous Australians, I would say, and telling his story, how he wanted to do it. Yeah, just how well it worked was incredible. People will create, you know, a highlights reel of their episode that week, but is that gonna make someone stop and go and click into the podcast? Probably not. It's like when you're at the cinema, you see the previews, and you're like, I don't need to see the movie anymore. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. How can you sell a whole package of your whole channel and your whole self? Um, and I think that is a really interesting way to think about monetization of podcasts as well. If you've got a podcast or you're thinking about starting a podcast, the number one question you need to be asking yourself is, why should anyone listen to your podcast over anyone else's? I'm sitting with the executive producer, Leah Harris from Spotify, who heads up Australia and New Zealand. I've talked to her about, should anyone start a podcast? There's so many of them. What makes a good podcast from a bad podcast? What's a key formula that will help me make sure that I'm on the right path and I get that out of this conversation with Leah? She's an amazing person. She's creative, she's smart, and she's responsible for a lot of the podcasts becoming really successful and known on the Spotify platform. So make sure you lean in for this one because there are stacks of gold nuggets. First off, Leah, can you just tell everyone what your fancy title is at Spotify? It's a bit of a fancy title. So I am executive producer of original talk content at Spotify in Australia and New Zealand. Yeah, that's a, that's I couldn't big. even say, that's big. Yeah. So you're one of the coolest people I've met for a long time. Do you reckon? I reckon. Why? Well, first of all, you're funny. Thank you. And you're deep and you're good at what you do. And it's very impressive what you've done, like what you've been part of. I mean, tell us a little bit about what we talked about just with how Spotify podcast, like how you've contributed to Spotify podcasting, all that stuff. Yeah. Um, so started about three and a half years ago. There was two of us, um, my wingwoman, Prithi. Um, and Prithi started as the partnerships manager and I started as um, a podcast producer and we just started knocking on different doors within the Australian and New Zealand podcast industry saying, Spotify's here, mm. we wanna make some stuff, we wanna partner with you, we want your content on the platform, because work with us. Because before then, it was it just Apple? Was yeah, it just, yeah. That was the only show in town, right? Yeah, I guess big show. There's lots of different platforms and yeah. ways to listen to podcasts, but um, yeah, Spotify decided uh, in 2019 to really get into podcasting and really, really invest um, mm. and acquired a lot of different companies and acquired a lot of different shows and acquired a lot of different experts in the field. Um, and yeah, really went for it for the past few years. So mm. yeah, at the forefront of that, trying to figure out how to build a podcast strategy, find the audience, find all the connections within the Australian industry, um, and you know, make some good stuff and make some good relationships <laughs> all along the way, um, which has been, yeah, it's been the best. It's been the best job I've ever had. Yeah, that's so cool because I think that's really, like it's very understated what you said there about how, I mean, there are many platforms. I mean, we could say there's many phone telecommunication companies too, but there's only really three. <laughs> 
tells you Optus Vodafone. Yeah. And when, as an Australian, I think there's only really two, and mm. there was only really one for years. I started a podcast way before it was cool to have a podcast in 2015. Yeah. And it was pretty uncool then. It was very uncool. <laughs> I mean, what the hell? What's a podcast? People go, what's a pod? Yeah. A cast pod? Yeah. A pod? Audio? And, yeah, Radio? Audio? Yeah. <laughs> and I, and it, it did really well. Like it, it charted and, and was number one in Australia for some time. And, and, but that was, it's a big shift for a company like Spotify who was known as primarily for music. Yeah. As the musician platform to be able to transition to that. So were you and your team tasked to go, listen, here's what we've got. Make Spotify not just known in the minds of, of musicians make it known as podcast yeah yeah with lots of different programs and different ways of doing things obviously partnering with different companies that are putting their shows onto spotify as well as partnering with creators who are doing their own thing as well as partnering with creators to make shows with them and just making sure that along with the marketing team knowing that there is podcasting on spotify as well um i think daniel Eck, who is the ceo of spotify he um talks a lot about making that very conscious decision of making sure that podcasts and music were in the same app. And a lot of our other competitors have two separate apps for that. Um, and he wanted to make it super accessible. Um, and I think that was just the best decision ever, um, trying to get a music mainstream loving audience understanding that audio can be all sorts of different things, including podcasts. It's really, really cool. You're absolutely right. I didn't even think of it that way where you, on Apple, should we, are we allowed to say their names? Absolutely. Yeah, cool. Well, uh, <laughs> you, you have to get off Apple Music and go to Apple Podcasts. You're absolutely right. It's hmm. Your intention has to be there to listen to a pod, whereas a lot of the shows that I make and how I think about audiences is trying to say, oh, you're listening to your favourite playlist. What about trying a podcast too? <laughs> you might know these people, you've seen them online or this might interest you as well. And um, Spotify does a lot of work in that space trying to target listeners with the right copy and the right pictures and at the right time to get you considering what else you could listen to besides your favourite tunes. But we still want you to listen to your favourite tunes. We don't want it to yeah. cannibalise each other. We want them to listen in harmony. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. No, it's really inspired. Like what inspired me was just that simple mission of Leah, team, make it happen. Mm. Just go make it happen. Something that seemed, there wasn't anything really it seemed at the time to, in my view anyway, just to copy, just to go, oh yeah, it's just conceptual, mm. but it wasn't like as easy just to, you had to hustle, you had yeah. to go create stuff. Like, And one of the one of my favourite shows that I think you were part of was like some Spotify originals you've made, like, Talk us a little bit about that. I love the Daniel Johns one, yeah, obviously. Yeah, so I guess the two biggest ones I've been, um, I've worked on or built is um, the Inspired Unemployed podcast um, and also Who is Daniel Johns with Daniel Johns. So that was a more, um, you know, six episodes, narrative style podcast, um, obviously working with one of the most famous Australians, I would say, and telling his story, how he wanted to do it, um, which was just such a surreal project to work on as well and talking to him about how he could tell his story in audio form in the mm. way that he wanted to, building the team around him, um, guiding that project through all sorts of ups, downs, arounds, arounds, um, so many different fun and challenging <laughs> issues, um, but also huge like oh. feeling of accomplishment and just seeing the 
the audience love it and go like we knew it was going to work really well but yeah just how well it worked was incredible um and then a lot of my work is focused on taking people who already have big audiences on social platforms understanding why their audience loves them and then trying to translate that into audio so that it's complementary to what they're doing on their social as well as podcasting so i think inspired is the absolute pinnacle of um how we've done that obviously they're absolutely huge and a bit of a household mainstream name um, but trying to take what they already do what they're known for and put that into audio form has been really really fun and like the coolest thing i've ever done um alongside that team so yeah that's really cool uh, there's so much i want to dive into that so <laughs> what we're going to do is we're going to talk about a little bit about those two projects and also we'll dive in a little bit about because our audience would love to hear you know i think our thoughts on podcasting in general yeah it's like we've got spotify we've got you here talking about podcast you, you work in podcasts we're talking about podcasts on a podcast it's like jesus yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what is going on yeah so uh, people if i was listening to this i would i'd be desperate to to have like zoomed in on uninspired and daniel johns mm. because people can just brush past like confident people like you just think you know like sometimes you just you don't think much of it because you're moving on to the next thing but that's a bloody big deal because the Daniel Johns podcast, the jet, like who was Daniel Johns, is in my view the gold standard of a short series. There was no video, mm. so it forced me back as a to become a child to visualize with my imagination what his house looked like, yeah. what this Newcastle place looked like, etc. Yeah. But talk to me about. Like, what did you do in the background? Like, did because some people might just see the episode and be like, "Well, he's famous." Yeah. Right. It's easy for these guys. They yeah. they make songs all the time. So, what goes behind something like Daniel Johns? <laughs> I guess it's um, yeah, getting the trust of him and his whole team and everyone mm. around him, um, and understanding the story that he wanted to tell and was comfortable to tell. So, working through that with him and what are those like real what's the story driver where are we gonna build up and then keep the audience hooked and let them go on to the next episode so like really script writing that out after talking with him for a very long time and talking to his family and understanding the the type of things he wanted to to get out of the podcast um and then it gets like quite technical i guess we had um different producers, EPs, writers, script writers, hosts, all sorts of people um, like shepherding this story along um, and then also finding the different people that um, complemented his story and getting their perspectives. So doing a lot of different interviews that take, you know, hours to set up people to contact, getting their understanding of um, and the context in which they want to speak about Daniel and the stories that they want to share as well. Then putting that back into a script and um, understanding how we could create um, several episodes that keep the audience hooked all the way through. We knew we wanted to get about six to ten episodes, but you know, when we started, we didn't know how many episodes we'd get out of it. Um, how long did it take all up? The oh, it's over a year. Wow. Yeah. So it took a year to do six episodes. Yeah. Um, we ended up releasing um, the interview episodes as well that Daniel did um, 
like with Kevin Parker and um, a lot of the other people that we had through. Um, but we thought those interviews were so special, especially for people who grew up with Daniel and really want to nerd out on like the musicality of things or mm. how what their relationship was like. So we decided to release the interview episodes as well after we released the six narrative episodes. So I was really proud of that approach as well because it kind of gave something for everyone and mm. kind of picked like pulled the curtain back for um, like super fans to, to listen to. And they're quite long as well. Um, the first six episodes, are they're deliberately quite short. Um, we knew that our audience probably wasn't hardcore podcast listeners. So trying to tell a captivating story and keep you hooked and keep you wanting more, um, we made them quite short and punchy um, hmm. as much as we could so that we kept those kind of people who go, oh, over 30 minutes, I don't have that. But once you're in, you're in. Yeah, you're, um, you're definitely in. See, already this is like so, so great to hear because one, people who may be already doing a podcast or some people are thinking about doing one, we're going to chat about that soon. Like, why should you? Like, should you do one? Uh, what real effort needs to go in to make something that good? And a year, whole team, mm. scripts, shitloads of raw data and footage to be able to go oh yeah what how do we make something of this yeah and some people might mistakenly think that oh yeah someone like the boys at uninspire or, or daniel yeah they're good at what they do they can just take the reins and give the direction mm. Mm. yeah but i mean i guess the difference is that those talent were not necessarily audio talent or podcasters themselves so <laughs> i mean a lot of my role is building the teams that support the talent to do the best they can do. And um, I believe that producers and everyone around talent is just as important as your headline talent. Those relationships are so important because you're generally working with vulnerability and humour and all those fun emotions. <laughs> um, so you want to make sure that there's professional friendship and respect and all that kind of stuff. So. Um, yeah, well, yeah. that's like Daniel. Then you've got the other side, like you've got some serious storytelling over mm. here and you've got some serious com com comedy entertainment with the Inspired un Unemployed Boys. Like some people might just look at those boys and be like, they're just naturally, they mm. are naturally funny. You know, yeah. they're, they're good guys. I've met them before. They're great guys, but uh, there must be more than meets the eye. Yeah. What makes this epic. I mean, um all of our segments in their pod are deliberately short as well um, to just really maximise the minutes that we have with the boys. Um, there's a lot of planning that goes into it from the boys and um, the producing team as well. A lot of pre-production, a lot of figuring out the vulnerable moments in their lives or different stories and how do we pull that together so that we have a really great in so the audience is hooked. Hmm. How do you then reveal? Um, and then how do you get out of that segment? Um, so you're on a lovely little um, story arc with the guys each segment. Um, you know, the, it's, a, it's a huge team effort. Um, the guys obviously are a big percentage of that, but mm. there's a great team behind them coming up with different ideas or seeing the boys out and going, that's going to be something, that's yeah, going to be right. something. That's, that's it. And that's what I feel you've got really well as a person as well is um, that I and that approach to be able to get 
and highlight like a like a flashlight mm. on things because we're blind to our own behaviors a lot of the time we have a lot of blind spots um people would be thinking how you mentioned team a lot like on a ballpark how many people go behind the scenes here like you've got producers on, on that one we actually it's only about five well um, they'd, be, they'd be like spartans right <laughs> 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 So the boys, we have two producers um, and a social manager and me. Yeah, there so, you go. Yeah, it's... Um, and how many hours on average would it take to ID, like pre-production, all that stuff to get an app out? Oh, it's probably a good four or five hours of pre-production per episode. Wow, um, and good. it just depends how elaborate the ideas are. Some yeah. weeks it comes really easy to the guys and the team. Some days, some weeks it doesn't, and you can hear that, and we all know it. Um, so, yeah, it's it ranges. Um, they've definitely got a lot more efficient, and they've definitely got a lot more wary of different things that happen to them throughout the week and how they can bring that back into the podcast too. Mm. Um, One last question on that. Like, do you, like, with in sport... To improve your performance, you watch playback. Mm-hmm. Do you have like a review? How do you do a review on if things are doing good or not? Um, so I obviously hear all the tape um, and I am not always in every record. So our um, hands-on producers are in every record doing the edits. I step back so that I am separate from that and can give a different perspective as to how it listens. Like an example I had yesterday, um, the team sent me through an episode, but um, I didn't approve one of the segments because it wasn't good enough. But they did have a backup segment that they weren't proud of. I listened to the backup segment and I was like, this is brilliant. This is really funny. It made me laugh. It was really vulnerable. Um, it's like absolute wheelhouse of the boys. Put it in. Um, and both the producers mm. were like, oh, it's just not good. And I was like, was that because you were in the room with them and you knew that that day... They probably weren't bringing their A game, so you've already thought it's not an A segment. But for me, I don't have that context, and it's quite good that I don't have that context wow. right now That's because really cool. I've just listened to it and gone, yeah, good enough, let's go. <laughs> so, um, yeah, there's that review system. We're obviously always looking at the data, mm. understanding when something pops off, why did that happen, analyse that, um, and trying to make all different correlations between different things. Um, Spotify just has access to so much data. Yeah, that would be sick. Um, which I think that you have to be data-driven as well as creative um, when you're making stuff. And every social creator would know that. Um, mm. Every podcaster looks at it. But I think, yeah, really sitting down with your team and getting every person to look at it, ask questions, hypothesize why things may have happened um, because then it does influence what you end up making as well. So, yeah, quite a hefty review process. Um, mm. And we review everything that goes out on social and just in constant comms um, with the team and just checking. We're now humming quite well, so the show producers will message me, being like, we just did this segment. I don't know. What do you reckon? Just that kind of stuff. So, yeah, it's, um, it's a lot of fun. I love it. No, it's so good. So this, it's so good for people to be able to hear what goes behind something so successful. It's not a mistake. It's not like, um, oh, yeah, we just wing it every time. Mm, no, we don't wing it. You no, know, there's no winging. <laughs> the greats don't wing it. Yeah. You know, the, best, the best of anyone, they don't wing it. There's good communications plan. 
good communication, good shows is mapped out. And you learn, you know, there's a bit of like 80-20, there's yeah. a little bit of 20% there, which is in the moment. Yeah. But you, you rock up with a plan. Yeah. If you've got a podcast and you want to take it to the next level with production, with producing, with all the things that we're discussing right now in this episode, you need to look up qmedia.com. Qmedia is one of Australia's leading creative agencies that work with some of the best talent in Australia and the best brands. And we produce some of the highest quality podcasts out there. Now, if you're looking to hire a studio for your podcast, look up PiedmontStudios.com. This is a fully renovated Fox Sports studio, 100% soundproof. You have cyclorama, you have a podcast room and many props, a lot of lighting, a lot of the equipment you can hire is all here. So if you're looking to take your podcast to the next level, look up QMedia.com and PiedmontStudios.com and check it out. Everyone has a podcast. A lot mm-hmm. of people have podcasts today. And some people might have... There might be an audience of people out there going, is it still got a future? Yeah. Everyone has a podcast. So how if I'm going to start a podcast, should I start one? And my, my, my <laughs> first view of it is, yeah, do one, but don't do one at the same yeah. time. Like, because you've got to think, you've got to, you've got to build it like a house a bit, right? Yeah. You don't just go and start recording and wing it. So yeah. what, what do you think about it? Do you think Australia or do you think podcast has a future still? hundred percent of course yes i mean like i would say this a lot you don't go to the library and go oh there's too many books here like no one is saying that we're not saying that about podcasts i just think the accessibility and the barrier to entry is so beautiful and accessible but then that means people go well i could do that i could do this and yes you can hundred percent um but i think if you're going to start one you have to have a goal, why are you doing this? Who's your audience? Where are you gonna get to? Um, Because there's so many different styles of podcasts or why you might be doing it. You might be a real estate agent talking about the terrible Sydney property market. But from that, you get 10 leads a week. So doing the podcast for 500 listens, brilliant. You're you're happy days. Or you might be a social influencer with 100,000 followers and you're getting 5,000 streams a week and absolutely now, you know, a good percentage of your audience has converted over to your podcast and gets a deeper understanding. Like what is, what is your goal? That's, that's what you have to answer straight up. Um, and if you can't answer that, then you shouldn't do a podcast. (laughs) That's, that's straight from the horse's mouth. I'll tell you something interesting. Um, there's some research to suggest that it takes about eight to 10 hours for a stranger to become an acquaintance with somebody. Mm Mm-hmm. And our brain cannot tell the difference between getting to know someone in person like this or through content. That's why we grow so attached to musicians yeah. if they pass away or certain actors that we've never had dinner with or shared an experience with, but we have shared experiences yeah. through media. So podcasts, in my view, is such a great long-form uh, way to be able to clock up those hours in someone's mind so that you exist in someone's mind. You take the space of someone's, in someone's brain. Yeah. So it's first of mine, first choice. So I always ask people at talks I give about branding, it's like, um, hey, what's, who's your favorite artist on Spotify? And they're like, oh, uh, John Mayer. I'm like, oh, John Mayer, me too. How many hours do you, have you listened to John Mayer? <laughs> oh, oh, yeah. So would you say more than 300? Yeah, well, 300 is the metric of best friends. <laughs> so John Mayer is your best friend. No wonder if you're just reaching out to find like an artist you're just going to go to the Telstra Optus or Vodafone option mm. and I guarantee you spent more hours with them than other ones yeah 
So that's what's what's what podcast does in my view for people. So you mentioned like metrics, but and that was goal. I love how you mentioned goals mm. because sometimes the idea of a podcast is to, for me, when I started a podcast, it was to shift image yep. and to meet new people in the industry. It wasn't for monetization. It wasn't, although those things are good, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's good. Oh, who hates money? Yeah. Um, so it's, um, but you got to be gossip. But what, what would you say when you're looking at reviewing things? What are the key data metrics that matter the most? I think once you've started going, a big one that we look at is listen through rate. So you'll see if you go into the back end of Spotify for podcasters, which every podcaster can do if you um, distribute your podcast on Spotify, you go into an episode level and you look at um, if there's any drop off and you can see it in a graph. And I always say if you're getting to that kind of 70, 80% listenership towards the end, you have managed to hold on a listener for your whole episode. And that is like such a big privilege. When you, yeah, when you think about it, yeah. everyone's scrolling through socials where hardly, you know, you've got a three second rule on Instagram. If that's still the rule, who knows, I might have changed today. But the fact that you can keep someone for 15, 30, 45 minutes is just... It's a miracle. Yeah. It seriously it's is. Like <laughs> You've stopped the scroll. You're more interesting yeah. than someone else's phone. Like, yeah. wow, it's minutes. incredible. It's, yeah. yeah. So I always look through that um, because that tells you that your, your content is quality if someone's getting to the end of that content. Then you obviously start to look at how many people you're reaching as well. But I think when you're actually looking at those stats and you've got enough um, numbers in there to populate that listen through rate it just tells you so much it tells you when people drop off is have you put an ad too early have you put an interview with a famous footballer too early or have you put it too late that people aren't even getting to it or like are they skipping through and coming back to the end you can tell so much about your content and your audience from that listen through rate um, and then another thing I look at is a lot of the shows that I make are always on so week to week shows. So the inspired is up to nearly 80 episodes um, and mm. looking at the percent of people that come back and listen to you every single week. And, and you going, can find that through Spotify. Yeah, yeah. so that weekly wow. retention, monthly retention, and you're going, oh, I'm getting thousands and thousands of people coming back and pressing play and listening all the way through the end. Like it's insane to, to look at. Um, so yeah, those are my two like whew, important ones. With downloads as well, like some people want to think downloads matter. Yeah. It's well, like, like, or download versus listens. Is there a rule of thumb or ballpark? Is there any place that people can go to be like, am I doing okay compared to like, you see rankings on, on, on mm. Spotify and no one knows. Like it's yeah. really hard to go, well, what did it take for her to get number one or him <laughs> to get number one? Yeah. Was it a million downloads or listens? Like, yeah. is there anything you could, sh could share any light on that? I mean, it's all like, so personal to your goals and i know that's not what anyone really wants on, to Lena, hear and, and like even if you look at the charts there'll be different types mm. of um streaming numbers for the person that's at the top or at 10 or at 20 yeah, and different genres too yeah i understand that yeah um and i think if you're so focused on being at the top of the chart and you can't tell me like what your goal is and what you're achieving then i agree you don't deserve to be on the chart yeah. so um yeah i think knowing why you're there um, and then working out what your goals are. You might start and you're getting 
500 listeners a week and your goal is then to achieve 15,000. How are you going to do that? Tell me how you're going to do that. Mm -hmm. But make sure that that goal is smart, measurable, all those things to Mm. what you have set out to achieve and what you think is achievable. Um, And it is hard and it is, I guess, sometimes a bit sad if you're not getting the numbers that you think that you deserve, absolutely. But that's really important, back to your point about goals, because if the goal is always just the number that mm. the download or in other aspects of life the goal is just money yeah it's that's not a real yeah. healthy satisfying thing in my view because your self-esteem and your achievement fluctuates with those things yeah you attach your identity to that whereas what is that number serving mm. versus am i serving it to try and get to some ballpark but i still want to know like <laughs> <laughs> is it like i mean i think it's really good ballpark like are we talking hundreds of thousands sometimes for a top 10 chart or is it like can be as little as 10,000? Like, it can be. Oh, <laughs> you're killing me. No, that's good. Um, if someone was to start a podcast, you'd, you've already suggested know what your goal is. Yep. Right? You're creative, but like you've started shows, some of the best shows, some of these Spotify originals are incredible. Where would you begin? Because some people look at their lives and be like, there's a million of me. Yeah. That's my message too is like, why choose you over someone else? Yep. Like, I mean, cafes offer the same Avo Smash as someone else. Like the menus are basically the same. Yeah. So how would you, how do you find the difference? How do you find something that stands out compared yeah. to everyone else? I think the way that um, I've looked at a lot of the shows that we've made is um, audience and knowing who your audience is or what audience that show is going to serve. Mm. Um if you've heard me speak before, I always talk about knowing like what your audience has for breakfast, what brands they love to wear, like where are they gonna listen to you? Um, are they on the bus to uni? Are they, have they just dropped the kids off at school and they just want 15 minutes of um, friendship before they go to their job? Are they listening to this with their partner on a Saturday Avo while they clean. Like who are those like three core people that you think about when you're going to make a show? And I think that's like, you have your goals and you have your audience. And then when you have those two things, all the other decisions around that become clearer and they are your like North stars. So when you start going, how long should it be? Um, Who should be my host? Should I talk about an explicit topic or should I keep it PG? Like, all those creative decisions start coming so easier to you when you know your goal and you know your exact audience. I've got a bit of a framework happening here, don't we? <laughs> know thy goal, yeah. know thy audience. Yeah. But then we're moving on to know thyself. Yeah. <laughs> That's an old Socrates <laughs> quote. Because you have a real skill, I can tell, because I've got this too, of helping people find their sweet spot. And yeah. it's really important because people might be willing to put themselves out there, but they're bloody terrified. They have imposter syndrome and they're not, they need a sounding board. They need a mirror. They need something to tell them they're good or not, or what they need to focus on that's relative to that goal or relative to that audience. Yeah. So what do you do to be able to help people be authentic <laughs> versus a cheap copy of someone else? Yeah, I guess it's just you get in a room and you just ask so many questions i mean you do that i'm Mm. sure with your branding um we've developed this a little bit of a template internally that i call the show bible that just asks 
so many questions. What's the tone? Why does this exist? Who cares for it? When are they going to listen to it? All those kind of things that once you start filling that out, these like the the ideas start coming mm. and you know there is the 80 20 rule that 20 percent you can't teach you can't put into words you can't put it into an email like that's why people hire people because they need that little bit of whatever it is um in your brain but i think if you're really asking all the right questions and really writing all that up then the creative ideas flow and then you go oh no that's shit. we're not doing it <laughs> like just doing that um, can be a good thing or also a bad thing to tell you not to do something or try again, do something different. Getting, kind of stuff. getting a bit technical, podcasts in the future, does it need video or can you do audio? What, where, where's your... I think it's a mix of both. Um, I don't think every audio experience needs video. Like if we think about something like who is Daniel Johns, as you said, when you kind of movie for your mind, you're transported mm. back into a, a place, you are, you let the audience imagine what these people look like or you give them clues and that's part of the uncovering and the discovery and the storytelling because you're trying to work it out in your mind. Um, but also then podcasts who feel like your best mate um, and you want to see them. You want to mm. see them on the couch. You want to see their reaction. You want to see them eating that weird thing they said that they were going to eat. Um, and like, so those more kind of chat style podcasts where you feel like you're just hanging out with your friends, you do want to see them. So mm -hmm. I think it's it's an absolute personal decision, probably a production decision um, and a money and <laughs> decision a budget as decision. well. <laughs> yeah. um, but then, you know, if you're recording video, you also then have a lot of visual assets for different platforms as well. So I... Um, a lot of my shows aren't vodcasts, um, but we do hit record on video on a lot of them just so that we have those different assets to share the best bits and get new audiences understanding um, what they're missing out on mm. when they're on other platforms. They could come on over to our podcast. <laughs> yeah. See, one of the dilemmas with being a creator is you can spend a lot of time on the actual creation, like the episode, the song or the movie. When you've got this dialed down to a fine tooth comb, you've gone through it and you're like, I think it's good. You, you feel this sense of accomplishment and then you're like left with this like heaviness of God, I've got to get it out there now. Yeah. <laughs> How do I get people to look at this thing I've created? And with podcasts, obviously you've got your social channels that helps yeah. to have an audience. Yeah. Is there any tips or tricks that you could suggest or tools that you suggest people to use to be able to help get their podcast out there. Yeah, I mean, communicating with Spotify that you have a podcast, which we have a lot of, we can put in the show notes if you want, like mm. different ways to get in contact with us so that we can do our part in um, editorial promotion. I think social channels is just such a, a big tool. It's a no brainer, mm. but really thinking about um, your audience and where they are at when they see your podcast on social. So people will create, you know, a highlights reel of their episode that week, but is that gonna make someone stop and go and click into the podcast? Probably not. Like they're gonna go, oh, that was fun. That's nice. Good on you guys. Um, so I think really trying to, to strip it back and not all the time, but explaining to people on social, 
I have a podcast, this is what it does, this is what you're gonna get out of it, to get people to move across. You're gonna to have to hit them over the head about 25 times to mm. get them over to your podcast, but really meeting them where they're at and the message that you're delivering them where they are at is native for where they are at. I know that sounds really no, that's basic, interesting. but no. there's a lot of cut downs that you see of podcasts on, on, um, on social, but like, how is that? delivering the information that you need to go to a podcast app, open it up, search for me and press play. Yeah, like, you, it's so you're many absolutely steps. Absolutely right. Like <laughs> it's like when you're at the cinema, you see the previews mm -hmm. and you've just watched the preview and you're like, I don't need to see the movie anymore. Yeah. Yeah. I know who's gonna win. I know the And are you saying that sometimes the social content that people are using maybe as a snippet from the podcast on their social does them a disservice because it's not really enticing them. There's no real mystery or any reason yeah. to go over yeah it's just the the show is there on on instagram yeah. or, or TikTok. and i think there's still value in just showing what you know some best bits because it creates a little bit of fomo and you might get that person that was hanging on the edge going oh yeah it is yeah i'll try that pod or them remembering on saturday avo when they're vacuuming and they want to listen to a pod oh, i saw that thing on tiktok <laughs> um but yeah i think you have to balance out the different type of clips you're putting out there and what you're saying on them just to make sure people know what they're going to get out of it. So are you saying that like at the moment you've got socials are a no brainer, obviously like we all have at least in Australia, at least everyone has a Facebook at least. Yeah. Even my grandma has a Facebook. <laughs> no, she doesn't. No, yeah, she, she should. Anyway. And so everyone has some type of social platform. That's probably one of the most effective ways to do it. Is there yeah. any other ways you've seen, any creative, clever ways you've seen podcasters get their podcasts out there? How easy are you making it for discoverability for your audience? So there's a really great example, um, Psychology of Your 20s, Gemma, huge podcast now. And I'm kind of thinking that name does what it says on the tin. You know, people are looking mm -hmm. for maybe a bit of help when they're um, searching for podcasts. I'm in a self-help mood, psychology of 20s, that speaks to me. I'm in my 20s, I was looking for some good tips, 100%. That's the power of niching, to be honest. So niching, you can niche on many levels. One is psychology, that's the industry. Psychology for uni students, getting clearer. Mm. Psychology for people who are anxious, who are in their 20s. Psychology who are anxious in their 20s who are girls or, or male, whatever gender related thing it is, so et cetera. And mm. the more specific you get, the more you feel like that whole show is made for you yep. in your specific situation. Yep. So that makes sense. It's like if you've got your social channels there, but you also got blogs or you've got things that can help. If you're aware of what your audience is searching and there are platforms to be able to see what the search volume is, yep. then it makes sense to be able to make social content, not just of your podcast, but from your podcast episode, but of your podcast topic. Yeah. Which gets people informed and educates and nurtures them and go, yeah. oh yeah, I've got a podcast too. I discuss this What's with Dr. What's clickbaity for your audience? And that doesn't have to be yeah. like, you know, it makes you feel a bit gross saying clickbait, but it is what's gonna hook them in. You know, yeah. With Inspired, we know that sex, dating, relationship, titled headlines, uh, well, episode titles are the ones that people click on the most. So what is your audience going to click on the most and how are you serving them and making it so simple for them to find a podcast? Because the journey to press play on a podcast, if you really think about it right now, it's long. It's really long. You've mm -hmm. got to switch over to different things and be in the right headspace to 
listen to 15, 20, 30, 40 minutes. So how easy are you making it for your audience to find you? Probably not that easy for some people. <laughs> mm. And this is a good kick up their ass, you know. And so a couple more questions. One is, I know some people are driven by, as, as with money, right? Monetize. Let's just go there for a mm. second. How do I monetize my podcast? <laughs> <laughs> can I earn money from my podcast? You absolutely Leah? can. There's so many platforms. Um, Spotify for podcasters is one of them. Um, and we have now opened up monetization in um, Australia and New Zealand to a handful of creators and we're testing and learning and doing all that kind of stuff. Um, there's also Megaphone, which is a Spotify um, backend product as well. That's um, really a lot of big Australian podcasters um, use Megaphone as their kind of ad server. Um, I guess there's there's that side of things. There's also being able to be your own media empire as a creator. And podcasting is just one slice of that empire that talks to all the other slices. So how are you using podcasting to deepen your connection with your audience, therefore leveraging your influence on all your other channels as well? How can you sell a whole package of your whole channel and your whole self? Um, and I think that is a really interesting way to think about monetization of podcasts as well. So you, there's options there with Spotify tools. Yeah. The other alternative is to become your own media channel. So I, I, I see this, this is what's happened, it's matured now ever since social media's matured. You had your channel 10s, your channel 9s, your SBSs and all that. And typically you media by, by paying that channel to put, have ads on that. Because why? Because there's an audience of people who are watching that might be able to you be able to reach, you know, like if it's home loans or if it's this or Lowe's, <laughs> get that Lowe's, free plug for you. <laughs> but the cool thing about podcasts is that the best podcasts are now beating these traditional channels mm. that advertisers are spending hundreds of thousands of dollars every year yep. to be able to make. But podcast is even better because if you know thy audience, then it can be specific target audience for specific brands to be like that's much better to be invest money there yep. versus in these magazines or that so you're pretty much podcast is now a competitor is a real is a real option for big brands to be able to choose your podcast over traditional mediums yeah yep. absolutely i mean what advertisers are buying is that trust that the creator has built with their audience so it's not necessarily even have to endorse a product it's you are by being in that world there's that trust there the reception to that ad is so much higher because you're in this like just one-to-one -one audio or podcast relationship as well so it's pretty powerful yeah when you, when you start to look at it <laughs> when you look at that that's that's incredible i see instagram TikTok, all the social media platforms and podcasts to be its own media channel yeah yeah. Potentially, yeah. You've got an audience on there, you've got a certain reach, and there are certain brands that would love to partner with you to do it. And some people can make the mistake of making a walking billboard. Yeah. Where they just want to sell everything. No one wants to wake up in the morning on Saturday and be like, yeah, I feel like being sold to today. <laughs> yeah. No, I don't sign up for that podcast. Imagine there was a podcast like, the, I'm selling to you podcast. <laughs> it's just like an hour of pitching to you to buy shit. <laughs> There's something for everyone. Uh. <laughs> All right, so... Just finishing up, Leah, we really appreciate you being here um, and, and sharing your your knowledge, you know, some of your story. 
I personally want to congratulate you on what you've done. Like you've achieved some really cool things. You've you've joined like the industry, the, the 2019 wave. That's that's mm. a really cool part in the timeline to have joined. Yeah, I so feel very privileged. If there's uh, for those who want to start a podcast, yeah, are yet to start one. Let's recap. What's the framework we've got so far? So you've got to know your goals and have your goals at top of mind. Um, You want to know those first couple of episodes, but um, always looking to the future. What's episode 40 gonna look like if, or episode 10, if you're going for a 10 episode season, you don't need to know everything, but you should have those goals up there. Um, You definitely need to be able to tell me who your audience member is, um, your three top audience members, what their names are, how old are they, what suburb do they live in, how do they get to work, what do they study, all that kind of stuff. Um, Because without that, then you cannot answer format, creative questions at all, um, because you just won't have a goal for it (laughs) as well. Um, And then you have to start looking at what your your time commitment and your production capabilities and all those kind of things and looking at your team or if you're a one person show, you know, really putting it down on paper, asking yourself all the hard questions around how is this gonna work? Um, Cause you really don't want pod fade after a few episodes. You don't want it to, <laughs> to go into nothing um, cause you're already embarking on such a good journey. So yeah, once you know your goals and your audience, the rest really will follow. And there's so many ways we can talk about creative and format and all that kind of thing. But I think as a general rule for anyone looking, whether you're a big, huge creator or, you know, a niche creator or you have an individual story to tell about your family, um, knowing those goals in your audience, you'll you'll be well on your way to creating something very good. Very good, man. Mm. Thanks for joining us. <laughs> Yeah.